0: This is Fantasy Football Picks and Bets presented by Prize Picks 2021 Week 13. Rankings, update, injury report, props, prize picks, and of course, DraftKings ownership towards the end of the show. You want to hop to a certain part of the show? Hit the time codes in the description. Also in that description, you'll find the link to the Pat Mayo Experience Listeners League. It's almost full, so go reserve your spot or just make your entries right now additionally if you want to sign up for prize picks which i suggest that you do use the link down in the description or just go to prizepicks.com and use code mmn mmn will get you a deposit match of up to $100 so deposit $100 and just have $200 available to make some plays and i like a lot of the prize picks board this week so we'll start with what we got in terms of the prize picks remember to smash the like button by the way, to this episode in sub to Mayo Media Network. My two favorite plays... Actually, they're not my two favorite plays. One of them is my favorite play, but because you can't use two people on the same team in a two-play, I have to pivot to something else. But I do like Demir Bird over his receiving number. That one's not going to make the cut. What will make the cut is Jimmy Graham over his receiving prop number on prize picks eight and a half Andy Dalton of course starting for the Chicago Bears against the Arizona Cardinals Jimmy Graham in his last three games has more than doubled this number we smashed this prop on Thanksgiving last week came through in spades we're hoping it's gonna happen again I like it both on prize picks as part one of the two pick three times your money play I also like it in terms of just the regular prop market as well. It's a little bit higher. I believe it's at 11.5 at DraftKings Sportsbook right now. I still like the over of eleven and a half, eight and a half on prize picks? Even better, though. And that's what you're going to find with prize picks this week. A lot of the over-under props for both rushing yards, receiving yards, and receptions are a lot lower than they are at the sportsbooks, and there's no vig on either side, but you have to play at least two together. So Jimmy Graham's one. The other one is going to be Antonio Gibson over .5 rushing touchdowns against the Las Vegas Raiders, We have seen that, uh, well, we know that J.D. McKissick is not playing in this game. More on that in the injury report. So, without McKissick, a week ago, we did see Antonio Gibson touch the ball over 30 times. Now, I do think that Jared Patterson will work his way in a little bit more, and there are rumblings from Ron Rivera that it's Wendell Smallwood who is going to end up playing the quote-unquote J.D. McKissick role. So, I wouldn't anticipate like nine targets from Antonio Gibson this game that maybe his receiving role is a little bit overblown by some people out there. Maybe not. Maybe Wendell Smallwood doesn't do anything. I mean, it's, met, it's Wendell Smallwood. Feels like he's been around for 10 years on the Eagles practice squad, and all of a sudden he's just on the Washington football team. Either way, it looks like he's going to be activated for the game and play in the backfield and probably take up like 15% of the snaps, mostly on receiving downs. Uh, I do think that when Washington does get in close inside the five-yard line, you're going to see Antonio Gibson. I'd expect 20-ish touches for him in this game, probably more, to be perfectly honest with you. And what you're going to do against the Raiders is run the ball as much. As possible because they have a very good pass rush, but no run defense to speak of. So over .5 rushing touchdowns with Antonio Gibson. If you want the three play, use the Demir Bird one in that one as well. That way you can get anything together. I toyed between... Alexander Madison, Antonio Gibson over .5 rushing touchdowns. I actually like them both, so they'll probably end up making my five play this week. And anyone out there, whether you've been playing in it all season long or you're brand new to prize picks, code MMN on your deposit, by the way. But if you play a $7.11 entry for all Sunday players in the NFL, you can't use Monday Night Football, and make that entry $7.11, that will qualify you for the MMN props pool for the year, which means... You get 10 times your money if you win, so you win $71.11 if you get all five right. However, because you've made that entry of $7.11, if you go five of five, you get your 10 times your money for winning everything, and you get a $50 bonus. It is the best way for a low-stakes player, people who don't want to invest that much money, to play and utilize and get bonuses on props. So you you end up winning your $7.11 entry, you win $121 bucks. Pretty good. Not going to lie to you. So, you, I just told you four of my plays. And maybe I'll find some different ones by the time it comes around as I need some catching up to do in the props pool. The leaderboard is down in the description if you want to check on how people have been doing all year long. But once again, prizepicks.com, code MMN, get that deposit match of up to $100. Laquan Jones will have the Monday Night Football breakdown for both prize picks and DraftKings coming out on Sunday night if. You're looking for some extra content if the Sunday Nighter is a snoozer, which, I mean, I don't anticipate it being a snoozer, but you never know with these island games. Props for the week at DraftKingsSportsBook.com and other places, too. The one I really wanted to hammer down on is that Jimmy Graham prop. Over 11.5 receiving yards. I absolutely love it. You can do a same-game parlay. I didn't like the one on DraftKings Sportsbook, so I looked at Bet365, a book that's available to me in Canada and select states and internationally, of course. So I just played a bet builder on that game of Demir Bird over what was it, 29 and a half? Yeah, 29 and a half receiving yards, along with Jimmy Graham over 11 and a half. I played them both individually, but you play them together, it's two and a half times your money. I played that one as well on the sports book. Uh, that's going to be a lot of fun when Jimmy Graham hits and Demir Bird does not. But the main reason for Demir Bird this week is there's no Allen Robinson. His hamstring retired. Don't worry about Allen Robinson for the foreseeable future. But Marquise Goodwin is out for this game as well. So when you look back at the Bears receiving core and who they actually have left right now. It's Jakeem Grant. It's someone named Ian Coulter. That could be Ann's son or Ann's husband, or maybe not even related to Ann whatsoever. But Ann Coulter is one of these people uh, who no one has ever heard of, who's going to be playing for the Bears. That leaves Demir Bird. He ended up playing 76% of the snaps against the Lions on Thanksgiving. That was a closer game. So the pass attempts didn't need to be there right now. Whether Kyler ends up playing or not, I would expect him to play there. Seven and a half point dogs against the Cardinals. The Cardinals 6-0 and against the spread, by the way, on the road so far this season. So presumably, this is going to be a very good pass script for Andy Dalton and the Bears. Hence why I like these low overs to go over the total here. Demir Bird was four for 48 on five targets on Thanksgiving. Uh, he could be right around that number again. And we know that he's a speedster. He could just break a big one. Like that could be one bubble screen. Makes one guy miss him. Boom. He's off to over 29 and a half receiving here so you play them individually or you can play them together or do both at uh, two and a half to one seeing minus 115 to 110 as the vig you're gonna have to pay on the Graham and bird props right now the other prop that i'm on the on the hunt for you can find some good james o'shaughnessy props over two and a half receptions right now if it's minus 170 that's not a great number although that seems very likely to come through you don't want to have to put up almost two times my money in order to get a return on that. If you can figure out a way to get that into parlays of some sort, if you want to you know, do a huge props parlay, that is one that you can throw on. I like that one a lot. I just don't like the price for it. You go to runthesims.com/mail. You can use the optimizer and all of the tools for daily fantasy, but there's also the player prop tool too, which is going to run each game ten thousand times and just give you the range of outcomes for an individual player prop. Whoever you want to search, you can even put in the vig, and it will tell you whether. Whether it's still a good bet or not James O'Shaughnessy still a good bet uh, at this moment we'll see what the Sunday update brings because you know the Jags are terrible so unders are usually pretty good in the Jags game but that that's one that I'm liking with Dan Arnold out James O'Shaughnessy the Irish assassin is still making waves running the most routes of any Jags tight end right now so hopefully Trevor Lawrence can come through for once in his life wouldn't that be nice Trevi figure it out pal the other one that uh, is not available yet but it's pharaoh cooper so when we're talking about the giants receiving core it doesn't look like we're getting Kadarius tony this week or sterling Shepard. those are both the guys that would likely man the slot for the new york giants slayton on the outside galladay on the outside obviously ingram's gonna play in the middle a little bit too you might see some john ross in the slaughter double l 2l colin Johns, but those guys are more likely to phase to the outside of the field you want to attack the Dolphins inside, between the hashes. And last week, weirdly enough, Pharaoh Cooper was the one who ran the third most routes and played the third, amount, third most snaps of any Giants wide receiver. He's also their punt returner and kick returner, has a ton of speed. Uh, he didn't do much. They give him a carry, he got three yards, he had two targets, he had six yards receiving. If they ever do open up this prop, it's likely to be like... Four and a half yards receiving, six and a half yards receiving. And I do think, as now six point dogs could grow even more by the time that we get to game day with Mike Glennon starting at quarterback for the Giants, that if Farrow Cooper is going to end up running uh, 60% of the snaps for the Giants, like you can find a single digit over under on his receiving total. I'm not saying it's going to work, but what I am saying is that. It's more likely to work than not. So that's probably a stance you want to be on. And like Demir Bird, he's an absolute burner. You make one guy miss, he is immediately at his over total for the game. So keep an eye out on Pharaoh Cooper Giants props if that comes up. We're really clinging to the bottom of the barrel in terms of props this week. I mean, you should probably just take good players and bet them to go over if you think that they're in a good spot. Like Brennan Cooks, for example, because wide receiver ones absolutely destroy the Indianapolis Colts. And... Brendan Cooks got to huge numbers last time against the Colts. That was with Davis Mills playing quarterback. He had a 26.5 QBR in that game. Didn't matter. Brendan Cooks still got to where he needed to be. You can check out the newsletter for all of this, by the way. Uh, There's more stats and updated rankings and updated injury reports, which will get updated again all the way up until kickoff, or at least till inactive time on Sunday. Uh, You can find that down in the description. The link is right there. It's free to join. It's free to look at, too. Even if you don't want to join, all that information is available to you plus a recap of all of these props and a recap of everything that we're talking about today in case you don't have 20 minutes in order to burn on this show the final prop and this comes from my guy jd underscore ottawa the good doc in ottawa tweeted at us on thursday evening about little jordan little jordan humphrey scoring a touchdown on thursday night i was like all right i'll blindly tail this i played him first touchdown i also played him anytime touchdown at 10 to 1 um And that worked out really well. He scored a touchdown. So I'm going to believe in the doc again. He's big up, and he's the Jordan Whisperer. And then we go from Little Jordan Humphrey to Brevin Jordan on the Texans, 16 to one, anytime touchdown this week. Sounds pretty good to me in a game where they're probably going to have to be passing a whole bunch, at least you'd expect. If not, that means they're scoring points. So that would. Lead me to believe that someone scores a touchdown on the Texans. Nico Collins, if they're low enough overs as well, because Tyrod had the eyes for uh, Nico Collins last week. Didn't really come through in terms of anything substantial, but he was looking for him a ton. But Brevin Jordan, 16 to 1, anytime touchdown. I also played first touchdown, Brevin Jordan, 66 to 1. Last touchdown of the game, Brevin Jordan, 66 to 1. So both of those, they both pay 66 to 1. And I figured, you know what? What if he scores the first and the last, and I win two? 66 to one bets i might as well throw on brevin jordan two touchdowns 125 to one granted these are not big plays these are more than likely i mean more than likely is probably an understatement of how these aren't going to hit whatsoever. But hey, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, it'll give us it'll give me some reason to watch the Texans game, if nothing else. So Brevin Jordan first and last touchdown, uh, two separate bets, sixty six to one. Anytime touchdown, sixteen to one, and two or more touchdowns, one hundred and twenty five to one. Wouldn't it be great if Brevin Jordan saves the season, Mary? Christmas to everyone from Brevin Jordan and the good doc, uh, JK underscore Ottawa. Uh, and that's Ottawa MDJK on Twitter. So that's going to be a fun one. Gives us a reason to watch the Texans game. Uh, you can get like a dollar on each of those and like five bucks on the 16 to one. It gives you a nice enough sweat for relatively little money. I have more than that on it because, you know, I'm a degenerate. But hey, you, you don't need to in order to see a pretty substantial return when we're talking about a 66 to one or 125 to one wager. Running back, injuries, and rankings for the week, once again, all listed. The rankings are updated. They're down in the description. They're also up on DKNation.com, as is my cheat sheet for both DraftKings and the Best Bets of the Week. If you missed the Best Bets show from Friday, Cam was back, and Cam was bringing the heat, throwing 99. Coming out of coming out of the bullpen, coming off the IR after missing a week, uh, so you can go check that out. But all the injury cheat li- cheat sheet lists are in that newsletter post, so I'd highly recommend you check that out. DeAndre Swift is out. Jordan Howard is out. J.D. McKissick is out. Melvin Gordon is likely out. He's doubtful. Philip Lindsay for the Dolphins also doubtful. Bump up Salvan Ahmed, although you're not probably going to play him anyway. Boston Scott is a legit game time decision for this contest against the Jets. This is a great spot against the Jets and if there is no Boston Scott all of the good vibes Miles Sanders had last week transfer over to this week because I mean I don't want to say that there's no one to take away his carries because obviously Jalen Hurts although he is banged up likely to play he's still going to run a little bit you'd have to expect then the Eagles will just find someone and be like oh Kenneth Gainwell 25 touches for you but either way once we start whittling down the number of backs in the Eagles backfield all of a sudden Miles Sanders becomes a viable play once again wouldn't play Miles Sanders I mean I would play him in season long if I needed like a flex or something but on DraftKings he's like 5,200 bucks if there's no Boston Scott you have to take that chance for the potential ups against the best matchup you could have for a running back. If Scott plays, I'd probably fade him on DraftKings, to be perfectly honest with you. Adrian Peterson was signed by the Seahawks. It looks like he's going to play for the Seahawks as well. And they also have Alex Collins. He's probably going to play, despite this ab problem that he's dealing with. Rashad Penny, probably going to be back in that backfield. Travis Homer, probably going to be back in that backfield. And DJ Dallas is really like the only one who is healthy. I don't know what the Seahawks are doing. My best bet of the week is San Francisco, minus three against the Seahawks, because they're morons, and that being Kyle Shanahan's not the best coach. Very good offensive coordinator, though, and no one on Seattle is whatsoever. They just signed Adrian Peterson in 2021 when they already have four running backs. That's not going to turn out well, especially if they give him the ball a ton. That's not good news. So good news for the Niners if that's the way that you want to play it. Trey Sermon is questionable with an ankle injury for the Niners. Jermichael Hastie will return for the Niners. So expect him to be the number two, Jeff Wilson to be the number three in this offense. Daryl Henderson is going to be a game-time decision. Uh, with this quad injury that he's dealing with, he's leaning towards playing, but all of a sudden if he's a late second scratch, Sonny Michel at like $4,300 on draftings becomes the guy for the rams in the backfield i actually like the rams passing game stack with van jefferson cooper cup and matt stafford is a sneaky stack on DraftKings. shouldn't be sneaky because they're huge favorites but it is because no one trusts the rams anymore that could be just a nice pathway into that game you can bring it back with o'shaughnessy or no one that would be my two options for it. and only o'shaughnessy because he saves you so much money at 2600 dollars. josh jacobs likely in with an ankle injury Brendan bolden monday night football likely in with a knee injury michael hasty in michael miles sanders likely in Delvin Cook is out multiple weeks, still got another one to two weeks for Michael Carter in the Jets' backfield. Jeremy McNichols is on bye, we'll see if he returns to retake the spot from Dontrell Hilliard, even if he can do that, who knows, Been liking Hilliard, so hopefully he can keep his uh, keep his job for the time being. Chase Edmonds still on IR, which means the backfield belongs to James Conner. Elvin Kamara missed week 13 once again, eventually you'd think he's going to be back, but who knows at this point with the New Orleans Saints? Again, all the rankings are updated in the description. Javante Williams got the biggest bump of all with no Melvin Gordon. But let's pump the brakes on him getting like 25 touches on this game. I do think that even against the Chiefs, well, it's going to be Javante's backfield. The Boone King, Mike Boone, uh, last seen killing it week 17 or week 16, wherever the hell it was for the Minnesota Vikings like two years ago, uh, winning people fantasy championships is going to be the primary backup to Javante Williams. That's another prop I would look for in that game. I saw he was 25 to one to score first touchdown. Don't really like that. Although he could be an anytime touchdown score when his rushing props are released for Sunday night football. Take a gander at it. If it's anything like 15 and a half, 12 and a half, something really low like that. I do expect him to get like six to 10 carries in this game because that's just how Denver wants to run their offense. It's not going to be a lead back situation if that was the case Javante would be touching the ball 30 times every game all year it wouldn't matter about Melvin Gordon Melvin Gordon was sort of irrelevant he was good this year but Mike Boone is probably the spot where you want to look to play some of the props in this game if you don't like you know obviously you probably don't want to bet the chiefs money line chiefs minus 10 and a half now is not great i like the denver side but not enough to bet it mike boone is likely where i would be going in that game a plug and play too is a potential touchdown score uh if you are desperate at running back this week the only other running back injury right now to keep an eye on is david johnson uh, he didn't practice all week he was dealing with an injury then he got sick we'll see if he plays or not that's an early game against the indianapolis Colts. it's not a great start although it would open up room for rex burkhead and maybe Maybe Royce Freeman in that game, just to see a ton of touches. It's not like you really want to play Rex, Bur- sex Rex Burkhead, but he could probably have like 15 touches in that game, which is not crazy. Uh, if you needed like, you know, you have the worst team ever in a 14 team league and needed to start someone Rex Burkhead. Why not? Right. Wide receiver injuries for the week. We have Antonio Brown is now out until at least December 26th. He still has the ankle injury, but he also submitted a fake fax card um he might be dealing with like legal problems as well he might never return to the buccaneers i don't know what's going on keeping antonio brown on my team of course uh because you you can use him in the fantasy playoffs if you get him there in the fantasy final but you're going to be without him for an awful long time if you do need the space i could see cutting him i do my best to hold on to him if you could. Keelan Cole is likely out for the Jets. He's on the COVID list. Allen Robinson likely out for the Bears in this contest with the hamstring problem. Kadarius Toney and Sterling Shepard both likely out. Will Fuller likely out for the Miami Dolphins. No word yet on Devontae Parker. He has practiced this week, but he has not been activated off the injured reserve. As I'm speaking right now, that could happen on Sunday morning, and he could play. But, you know, they have a bye week next week. They might just save him for that if they think that they can get by the Giants without him. Without him, Gesicki and Waddle are absolute must-goes in lineups, any format, this week. Debo is out one to two weeks. Marquise Goodwin, as I mentioned, because of the Demir Bird love. Coco, beware the Birdman! Marky's good one uh, with the foot injury out this week. Corey Davis is going to be a game-time decision with his groin. DeAndre Hopkins should play, but he's still listed as a game-time decision with his hamstring. If he's not full 100%, they are not playing him. They have shown so much caution with their studs uh, as they ramp up for the playoffs that it wouldn't be the most surprising thing in the world that we tune in at 11.35 a.m. Eastern Time, and all of a sudden, DeAndre Hopkins is inactive. On Mayo Media Network, live at 11.30 a.m. Eastern Time tomorrow, Sunday morning, morning uh stepmom lauren lauren carpenter is going to be answering any question that you have live on air so jump into that chat get at lauren odell beckham has a hip pointer he's questionable trending towards playing anthony schwartz has a concussion uh, he has passed concussion protocol he is likely to play randall cobb not sure on his status yet on the bye week but uh he left with a groin injury so he is someone that you have to watch out for uh coming out of it uh just i mean it's not so much Randall Cobb, it's just better for MVS if Randall Cobb is going to be out. A.J. Brown is on an injured reserve, no word yet on Calvin Ridley, and Cedric Wilson missed Week 13 with an ankle injury on Thursday night. The rest of the injuries at quarterback, Taysom Hill hurt his finger. Apparently it's the same one as Russell Wilson, but he's going to, like, tough out his mallet finger. I guess when you don't have to throw anyway, it's not that big of a deal, but it looks like he's going to continue playing for the Saints. Great fantasy play. Not a a good real-life quarterback. Great fantasy quarterback how often can you throw four picks and end up with like 25 fantasy points 28 on DraftKings because you got to the rushing bonus you gotta like that Jalen Hurts is questionable with this ankle injury if it's not him it's gonna be Gardner Minshew walk um If Hertz isn't running, that's problematic for his fantasy relevancy, but if he is running, it's about as good of a matchup as you could ever get against the Jets. Daniel Jones is out. Mike Glennon is starting. Kyler Murray is likely going to play against the Chicago Bears, so start Kyler Murray, and he's in the early slate of games, so you're going to know right away. Justin Fields is likely out. Andy Dalton is going to start for the Chicago Bears. At tight end, Darren Waller is likely out, leading to the island of Foster Moreau being a top-ten play and probably the highest-owned tight end on DraftKings at his cheap-cheap price. This week, Pat Firemouth, or Friarmouth, as he you know, his parents call him, and you know, people who can spell call him. Have passed concussion protocol. He is going to play against the Ravens. Dan Arnold is still out another four to six weeks, where he seals Jones. Missed last week. He's probably gonna miss this week. Eric Ebron is likely out for the Steelers, and Kyle Rudolph likely out for the Giants. Rudolph may play, but I wouldn't count on it. Uh, if you check out the newsletter, I also have my look-ahead week 15-17 to 17 defense streams uh, if you're gearing up for your season-long fantasy playoffs. But I do want to talk about the DraftKings ownership for the week. Once again, play in the Listener's League. Link is down in the description. No rake. Probably pretty good to play. My two favorite stacks this week. Contrarian stacks, because obviously you're going to ramp up that Bengals and Chargers game as the world is going to do, and it's probably going to pay pretty good dividends if you can find the right way to do it. But the two underrated ones that I like Like, Garoppolo, Kittle, and Ayuk against and bringing back with, I mean, you can bring it back with Lockett or DK or no one on the Seattle side, but without Debo poaching touchdowns out of the backfield on rushes, it's a whole lot on Elijah Mitchell. Elijah Mitchell is going to be very popular this week on DraftKings, so this is a nice way to get the contrarian side of that game, Uh, and you can pass all over the Seahawks. That's not a problem. Uh, And the other one, like I mentioned before, is the Ram stack with Stafford, Cup, and van jefferson will cup independently is going to be very popular those three together will not be because no one wants to touch the rams like i said uh so that's a nice way to get some leverage and potential big upside games at running back the four highest actually sorry five highest owned running backs that i'm seeing projected right now antonio gibson and jonathan taylor one and two and then it's sort of a mix between alexander madison elijah mitchell and jamal williams the two that you could go to in that range if you really wanted to as pivots would be david montgomery Uh, Miles Sanders, if Boston Scott doesn't play, and James Conner is right there at $5,900. I did write up Saquon Barkley at $6,300 in the newsletter as well. With Mike Glennon starting, he is far more apt to check down to his running backs than Daniel Jones ever has been. And Miami, in games where you see a ton over 15 touches for running backs, those guys tend to perform pretty well and no one's using Saquon this week and if you want to go to like the higher end contrarian plays no one's using Eckler Joe Mixon's also gonna be very highly owned by the way no one's using Eckler or Najee or Fournette this week if you want to roll the dice on one of those I mean they're not really a dice roll they're all really good plays Uh, those are pretty obvious pivots if you want to get off Mixon or Jonathan Taylor this week probably don't possess as much like consistent upside but the upside is probably the same nonetheless they just hit it at a lower rate but their ownership percentage is gonna be like 10 times lower so that's the gamble that you probably want to take on DraftKings this week wide receivers Hunter Renfro and Cooper Cup one and two or two and one however that shakes out then you're looking at like Chris Godwin Darnell Mooney as the next two guys on the list Josh Reynolds from the bottom end you can pivot off of him onto Demir Bird at $3,100 he's going to be far lesser owned plus he's cheaper $300 cheaper. You need those savings if you want to get up to the top end. At tight end, Foster Moreau, overwhelming chalk at tight end this week. Rob Gronkowski probably comes in at number two, but he's still probably less than 10% owned in the Millionaire Maker Slate on DraftKings this week. And then your defenses, you're looking at the Rams, and you're looking at the Dolphins, I'm guessing. It doesn't seem like there's any one defense that everyone is gravitating towards. If you can get up to the Cardinals at $3,400, I do like that a lot. Bad offensive line against one of the premier pass rushes in all of football with Andy Dalton playing quarterback. Sounds pretty good to me. It could be a pick six in the waiting. And then the pick six happens. That means the Bears have to throw more, which means more opportunity for Arizona defense, plus more opportunity for our crummy Bears guys to hit their low totals in terms of the receiving props. Win-win when it really comes down to it. Thank you all for watching. I'm Pat Mayo. Check out the updated rankings down in the description along with the Listener's League link and the link to prize picks. Make your deposit with code MMN and get a deposit match of up to $100. Deposit $100. Get $200 to play with on PrizePicks.com. Additionally, the newsletter has all the updated info. You can find that for free down in the description as well. Smash a like on the way out. Sub to the channel. I'm Pat Mayo, and I will see you next time.